Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. My name is Daniel Jop. Dop. Joined by, I was going to say joined by, I, you know, I get confused early on. Joined by my wonderful friend Stefania Bell and Field Jade. Stefania, how are you doing on this wonderful Tuesday? I'm good. I'm good. I was going to say easy for you to say. I don't even have my mic pointing right away. Well, there we go. We were all Who ready for I? the show today. Absolutely. And Field, you're looking dapper in a very nice yellow sweatshirt that I don't understand what PLL stands for. I think it's really? goldenrod is um, the color I'm going with. But okay. Color is well done by Stefania. Wow. She okay. has uh, she knows more ways to describe colors than I can speak. A <laughs> uh, no, total number of words in the English That's language. Fair. No That's surprise fair. there. But today's a big day. If you follow the Premier Lacrosse League, you guys will be having oh, well, that's uh, PLL ESPN will be announcing some significant PLL news. I am told that uh, a certain star lacrosse player who probably is the face of the sport still, even though yeah. he's no longer playing, is in the building right now. Is he here so today? check really? out the 2 p.m. Sports Center if you want some PLL news. Shout out the PLL. They have been uh, a great partner of ESPN. And I love seeing the sport that I grew up playing. I played all the way through college, growing so rapidly. One of the greatest games on earth. Heck yeah. That is really How's that for a promo right no, there? Heck huh? yeah. You know who invented uh, lacrosse? Who invented Matthew? lacrosse? It was about like 120 Stop. years ago. <laughs> it's Native Americans. It's Native I American. I know. I know. Yes. Wait, yeah. really? I, yeah. a, 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 I did not know that. That's so cool. You didn't? No. Oh yeah. my gosh. You should go Wikipedia all this. I'm going to Wikipedia look. lacrosse mm-hmm. from here Actually, on Actually, some of the best clubs. Okay, right. that'll Native be a American lot of fun. Clubs. Yeah. They used to play with wooden sticks, Daniel. Mm-hmm. It's all crazy. Yeah, I can't even and imagine. And the babies would get little sticks when they were born. Yeah, yeah, I got one of those for Palmer, actually. Shut See? up. No joke. Yeah. I'll bring, oh, I don't know if I'll bring it in someday, but I have it. I'll take you a picture and send it to you guys. Cute. Yeah, oh my God, it's adorable. I don't know how you guys do that. Like, I'm barely good at doing like pickleball when the racket's like right here in my hand, let alone yeah. having like a four foot stick with a ball coming at me at 60 miles an hour. I, like, this is a whole nother thing. Well, if you ever me. meet a lacrosse goalie, like, if you ever meet a normal lacrosse goalie, let me know because <laughs> no person that actually plays goalie in lacrosse is normal. There, yeah. You have to have a couple of screws loose. Little so, if you ever come that. across someone who has or is a lacrosse goalie and they're normal, Please alert me because I'm telling you, uh, that would be the first that I have ever come across. All right. Let's dive into the show. We got a bunch of fun stuff to be able to talk about today. Monday Night Football recap between the Broncos and the Bills. We got an injury report from Stefania Bell as well as some week 11 waivers. And a fun way to close out the show, we're going to do a little bit of start bench cut looking at a couple of players. I am here to tell you, it's not going to be fun. Because <laughs> our producers are villainous. They made these things incredibly tough, tough to decide in at least tough. two out of the three categories. Yeah. All right. Let's start at the top, though, with a Monday Night Football recap. Field, I want to ask you this question. Okay, because I want to ask you a question after you're done asking me a question. All right, that's fair. I'm watching these Buffalo Bills. They okay. were supposed to be a we Super might be Bowl asking contender. The same question. Yeah, we I are. thought yeah. Josh Allen was going to be the guy that was leading them to the promised land. I also thought that the Denver Broncos were really bad at football. And we've talked about recently, they've been coming on. It feels like these two teams are going in different directions. What is it that you noticed just from watching this game, excuse me, last night? Uh, well, that the Broncos don't beat themselves right now and that the Bills do beat themselves, themselves right now. If you go and check various statistics that have been recorded over the history of the NFL, I think there's probably no statistic that correlates more to winning 
than turnovers within the course of a game. Mm. And the Bills are so careless with the football. Literally, in the first play from scrimmage last night, James Cook fumbles. We'll talk about that in a second. Josh Allen follows that up with a couple of interceptions of his own, one of which was a tipped pass that Gabe Davis just oh, did not catch. Tough. Uh, yeah. But still, they don't value the football enough, and they're 5-5. Five and five. They play the Jets this weekend. Obviously, it's going to be tough for them to move the ball against that excellent Jets defense. But the schedule after that, Eagles, Cowboys, Chiefs for the Whoa. Bills. They also have a trip to the Dolphins later on this season as well. So a team five and five that came into the season with not just playoff, but Super Bowl aspirations. Absolutely. Now probably is going to have to fight, scratch, and claw just to get into the playoffs. The question that I was going to ask, I guess you, but really just like the audience in general, and I'd be curious for our Bills fans that listen to the show out there is, I wonder what the answer has been. You know, my answer from, you know, however many miles it is from Bristol to Buffalo is, you know, they still have a chance to do some damage this year because they do have Josh Allen at his best. He is so dynamic. Yep. But I also look at the injury attrition this year and I'm almost like, how can you reasonably expect this team to be one of the best in the NFL with right. three, if not more key starters on defense out for the year, out for an extended period of time. But Bills fans, I want to know what you think right now. Based off Twitter, all I can find out is they want to fire everybody. That's not the solution. <laughs> I'd also argue against that. Sean McDermott, pretty darn good at head coaching, uh, but tough times right now in Buffalo. Let's do the fantasy recap. Yeah, let's we? talk about it from I the was, Broncos. I was Go just going to say, what the, like I'm looking at this from this very weird angle, which is... As long as the Jets stay relevant, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers coming back this year. And with the Bills, I was just checking the standings. I'm like, they're like only one win better than the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. The Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills is one win better than the Zach Wilson-led New York Jets. But I vote for chaos and craziness (laughs) and just keeping that storyline going. So uh, Yeah, the Jets are going to have, their schedule is a little lighter uh, going down the stretch than it has been up to this point. But... Again, I'm not, three offensive touchdowns in five games, guys. And yet. And yet. And yet. I think that we are like uh, we are at like a thread worth of hope for the New York Jets. And I, if they I, don't win on Sunday against the Bills, it might be narrower than even oof, just a Imagine if they do. Imagine if the Bills lose to the Jets. That'll be another conversation. Let's talk about this Monday Night Football for game, though. Time. Russell Wilson and these Denver Broncos. I thought Russ looked fantastic. I get it from a fantasy standpoint. He didn't do anything crazy here. 193 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, but I love nine carries for 30 yards. Russell Wilson looks like a fine streaming option week in and week out as far as a fantasy quarterback field. Uh, Amongst uh, an offseason in which we thought a lot of things were going to matter, one of the things that has really mattered of late has been the impact of Sean Payton on this Broncos offense as they have really steadied the ship. We'll talk about the defense in just a couple of moments, but Russell Wilson has done so much of what he did not do last year. In part, I just talked about how the Bills were just too unserious with the football. The Broncos have become the caretaking team, right, Russ? Very, very conservative for most of last night. He turned 29 attempts into just 193 yards, but he completes 24 of 29 passes. He has those two passing touchdowns, including... One of the best plays of the year. Oh, that Cortland Sutton touchdown was unbelievable. Beautiful. So yeah, Russ. I, I don't know. Very much a streaming option. Of that, of that play. I mean, it was. It was. Yeah, both brilliant. Throw, yeah, unbelievable. But that catch. But yeah. Was it was amazing. Yeah, it was 17. Yeah. So. And by the way, help me win my war room league. Love that. There you like, go. Thank you. Shout out to everyone on Twitter who is my support group therapy last <laughs> night. When I had James Cook and Cortland Sutton. James Cook fumbles the ball out of the gate. Yeah. Cortland Sutton had a 
drop later or a fumble later. Um, James Cook had a second one that he recovered. Oh, but yeah. my point is, Cortland Sutton that catch was was huge. A beautiful. Was huge. Beautiful. And just a reminder what a great player he is. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's he's been he's very, away. very good this season. He keeps scoring touchdowns, which yeah. is crazy for Cortland Sutton. Uh, but Russ has 17 or more fantasy points in five games this season. So he has been rock solid, steady, a good streaming option. And I would say that like if you drafted an absolute gem of a roster elsewhere, Russ might be like the lowest ranked quarterback that you might be able to to win a championship with. I mean, anybody can win a championship with any number of quarterbacks. It's fantasy football. Crazy stuff happens. But like on average, Russ might be sort of like the, 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 the border between like acceptable starting quarterback on a championship team and a quarterback that you're probably going to have a hard time winning in fantasy football with this season. Uh, and Cortland Sutton's a big part of that yes, because he, he keeps scoring touchdowns. He's got five receiving touchdowns. Uh, is it five this season or five in like his last six games? He's been red hot of late for a guy that could not score touchdowns over the past three seasons, four total touchdowns. Now he's been injured a lot during those three seasons, but still a three year span with four receiving touchdowns. He's north of that already in 2023. And there's no debate about who the most valuable Broncos receiver is in fantasy. Yes, it's clearly, clearly, clearly Cortland Sutton. Sutton and the gap between he and whoever you think is next whether it's Jerry Judy or Marvin Mims Jr. who played a ton last night, that gap is sizable. Cortland Sutton is clearly the alpha amongst the Broncos wide receivers. And it's not just at the wide receiver position, it feels like, because at the running back position, Stefania, we had questions about Javante Williams coming into this year, and it was him and Samaje Pirine. Samaje Pirine was someone that a lot of people drafted thinking they could use him as a potential flex play. Now here we are in week 11, and it looks like Javante Williams looking like he's back to his old self, a bunch of action as far as you ask. Yeah. And I think uh, the team was relatively conservative in terms of how they used him early on. I was worried about their temptation to bring him along quickly. And remember he ended up with a quad injury uh, very shortly after his return, but it didn't keep him down long and his touches have gone up touch counts since he came back from the quad 10, 18, 30 and 25. So the last two weeks, he's certainly been that higher volume running back and and it appears that he can sustain it going forward. He's getting used in the passing game too. field. It's not just him getting a bunch of touches that don't lead to anything. The idea that he's one of these pass catchers, four catches for 31 yards and a receiving touchdown, 21 fantasy points is Javante Williams in your estimation. Has he done enough that he's starting to, Hey man, that push towards the second half of the season, he is going to be an RB two that can be used in your fantasy lineup. Probably oh, yeah. the rest of I the think way. he was probably already there after the 30 touches the 30 in the touch game, game prior okay. to the bye week. But what's also important is that he can get there on a weekly basis. If the Broncos play defense like they have over the past two weeks, Yep, facing Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen over their last two games, they have allowed just one passing touchdown and they have four interceptions. They've held those guys to about 210 yards per game through the air. This defense is playing the exact opposite of how it played early on in the season. And it's almost like, I think what they're doing right now is probably punching a bit above their a weight. Bit, yeah. But what they were doing earlier in the season, specifically when they allowed 70 points to Miami, was like so far beneath what I expected out of a defense that was solid for a lot of last season. So if this defense continues to play like it has, then you're going to see a ton of Javante Williams because the Broncos will play ground control offense every single week. Yep. All right, let's move to the Vikings next Sunday night, by the way, a game that if you had asked me about this one in primetime a month ago, I'd say, really? Are you kidding me? Now, I'm very excited about the Vikings versus the Broncos, two teams that are hot right now going into Sunday night. There was an opportunity to flex it, and they didn't. And everyone was like, oh, 
Yep. What are they doing? Right. Apparently, they apparently, apparently they knew what was going to happen. Yeah, it's yeah. Almost a lot of NFL scripted. so far this season. Yeah, that's right. Script NFL. That's exactly what it was. All right. Let's talk about Josh Allen. The Josh Allen is so frustrating. Josh Allen is so yeah. good at football. Josh okay. Allen is so he's For fantasy so is frustrating. Um, a little bit. A really? little bit. Yeah. Can it I tell? It's, it's frustrating watch right. at times though when he makes poor decisions because the YOLO thing is great when it works. And it's terrible when it doesn't. Mm. And I think that, uh, you know, what you love about Josh Allen is what you can't stand right now, which yep. is that he's aggressive and he will zip that ball down the field and he makes some decisions that you're like, wow. You know, again, uh, if it works, if that play last night, if that catch worked, if I mean, that, that was really risky. Mm -hmm. That one where he, you know, he threw it right between two defenders who had a better chance to catch it. I will say this. I do not think that the interception, obviously, to Gabe Davis was his fault. That's not fair. However, Josh Allen lost six fantasy points to two interceptions and a fumble. He has more interceptions this year than any other quarterback in the NFL. That includes Mac Jones. That includes Jordan Love. That includes Jimmy Garoppolo. He has 11 yeah. interceptions and three lost fumbles. I think that's the part. Field, we know this about Josh Allen. Like, and yeah. you can tell me this, but like it. I, I think I see this one differently. Do you? He's been a top four quarterback in 50% of his games this season. He's been a top eight quarterback in 70% of his games. I think that's season. why I get frustrated with him. He has not been outside the top 20 at all this season. I, like, I mean, relative to like. Top 20 is too low, though. Okay. Like, outside uh, the top 12. Would you be wouldn't like take a no. top eight quarterback 70% of the time? I would. But don't. I feel like I have the same frustration about about Josh Allen that I do about Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes like, has been worse than Allen by a lot this year. He absolutely year. has, and yeah, I'm frustrated yeah. with Patrick Mahomes, too. I think maybe your standard's too high, then. Okay. I, I, you don't think 70% of the time finishing as a top-eight quarterback is not awesome? I think it is pretty awesome. I do. Yeah. And then you have these games so, like, like this where you're like, wait a minute, you you're so much right better than to, this. You're entitled to being frustrated when you see points being oh, given well, away. I mean, one, yeah, okay, one game. All right. So I, I don't know. I just one feel game. like on a heater Ooh. that he's been on of late, 25.7, 30.1, 25.3 over the past three games. Like, I think every once in a while, one of the worst games of his season in which he has nearly 15 fantasy points is excusable. That's my take on it. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. But I also feel like this is one of those games where when you have a quarterback that is as good as anybody else and he's turning the ball over more than anybody else in the NFL, don't you think that there's a lot of meat left on the bone that we could be getting from Josh Allen? Uh, yeah, but we're not as fantasy that, managers. Yeah, we're, we're, but that happens, right? Like that happens often with them. Like two games ago when he had a fumble lost as well, he had over 25 fantasy points. Like that's part of the Josh Allen experience is how I view it. Like... I get it. It's a frustrating night, especially when it's in prime time. But I would just say, like, relative to preseason expectations, 10 games in, I am not at all down on Josh Allen. Yeah, right. Top eight, 70% of the time. I have him ranked as a top five quarterback, <laughs> too. I'm watching him, and he just played really poorly okay, this I know, game. He had one bad game. But for the season, you're saying you're disappointed in Josh Allen. Uh, I didn't think I said for the season. I feel like, though, he's really I, frustrating. He is frustrating said. to me because of the fact that he is such a good quarterback. Okay. I don't want the best quarterback in the league to lead the league in turnovers. Right. But, he right? Keep, but that's been his thing forever. And he's been an elite quarterback. And don't you think that maybe it's so it's interesting a, that we give him a pass and we don't give uh, if other, other passes? Other that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, we're talking about for fantasy, though, right? Yes. He's the highest scoring player in fantasy over the past two years. What kind of pass should we be giving him? Well, I feel like this year, is he the highest scoring player in fantasy this year? Uh, he's like second amongst quarterbacks behind Jalen Hurts. So the difference... What am I the, missing here? The difference thing for me is okay. the idea that he is so good at football and he is still so loose with the football. This this sounds like this if is you want to go Allen. to like, you know, like, like Bill's rumblings and go on the message board there, you would have like a very compelling chat with them because they probably are frustrated about... 
what we're talking about right well, now. I, especially but me, the fantasy person the who's the highest scoring player in fantasy over the past two seasons, I'm sort of like, yeah, like, okay. So from a fantasy perspective, I get what you're saying. But I got to imagine as a five and five team, this this Bills offense, who has more turnovers from the quarterback position than any other team in the NFL, probably yeah. does not feel super great about Josh Allen. But from Bills, a, seems like Bills fans might be frustrated. But I, from a fantasy perspective, I get what you're Pulse, saying. what's he for the year right now? I wanted more two? fantasy points than 14. That's fine. Yeah, in a, in a single game, of course, I would like to have more than uh, 14.4 fantasy points for Josh Allen for a single game, no doubt. But he is the highest scoring quarterback in fantasy this year. Okay. He's the number one scoring quarterback in fantasy for the third straight year. I think that's, I, I, I don't know. I, I, they're talking about like holding Kevin different standards. Just said, no, he could be averaging 30 points per game. Oh, okay. So he, <laughs> rather than be quarterback one, he could be quarterback one as well. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, there are leagues where points matter, you know? And if you're... It, I, Listen. I we should do this with every other player in the league. Then. We should do we this should. with every other player in the and league. We, we do, do it with Jordan Love but and how bad he's been. We oh do it God. with Jimmy Garoppolo right. and how bad right. he's been. Uh, all right. Well, Josh Allen is Paul Jackson. Is this crazy? Like Josh Allen is frustrating fantasy this year? Okay. All right. I would love to know. The viewers can chime in. If they think he's frustrating, let us know. And I will happily admit defeat here, but I, I feel like the highest scoring player position is pretty good. I don't think it's defeat. I just think other people are like people are allowed to have their different perspectives. I understand yeah, what yeah, you're saying. Not okay. I'm not saying he's not the number one quarterback. I'm not saying I didn't have him ranked as a top three guy or that I yeah, haven't every single week. Point. I've been saying that every like it's there like are parts we, that I'm frustrated we should just with. be quiet and be content because he's better than everyone else at the position. Well, I don't agree. I, I mean, he's not performing up to where I think he could be. He did not perform last night up to where you think he could be. He was not the only one. There were a couple of a uh, couple, unfortunately, Buffalo Bills that did that. James Cook, another one of those guys. Twenty, okay, at least twenty-two fantasy points going into last night in seven of his prior eight games. At least twenty-two. That's pretty great. Yeah, that seems pretty great to me. What do you want me to say here to move on? I don't know. We can just move on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So James Cook yeah. fumbled, unfortunately, on that very first drive. Then got benched for some reason. That has to be one of my. Biggest pet peeves in coaching. Like, this is not dealing with a three-year-old when you put that person in timeout and they might understand, like, hey, you've been put in timeout. You're going to learn a lesson. All right, James. So you get benched. We don't trust you on the next drive. But after sitting out for three drives, then we trust you to hold on to the football. Like, does he, he's, he's 23, 24 years old. Like, I get, I absolutely do not understand it with coaches at all when they bench a guy for a few drives because he fumbles, but it was uh, mind numbing like there for even, a second. He's not even a big, like he's not a turnover machine. It's not like he's fumbled the ball a bunch. He's, you know, it, no, twice in his career, by the way. Yeah. If benching Josh Allen, his first ever touch was his first ever fumble. Fumble. Yeah. There's two things that do not compute to me about doing this because coaches talk all the time about going with whoever's got the hot hand. But so often they don't let anyone get in a rhythm. Running back, you talk to running backs, they talk about the need of to get in a rhythm. They talk about getting better as they play. And how many times do we see this when somebody gets hurt and the other guy has an opportunity to care, carry more of the workload and actually performs better as the game goes on? And the, the running backs just, you know, call it a feel thing. Yep. Can't put a data point on it. But they talk about this at the position about getting in a rhythm and feeling like they get better as the game goes on. So to me, pulling him out and just making him sit there and think about it, like, how is that helpful? It's not like this guy doesn't need motivation. It's not like he wasn't trying. I mean, and it's not like this is a problem for him. Like, who, who was it? Uh, Mel, was it Melvin Gordon? 
that had all the fumble issues in yes, in, in Denver, and I, you can understand that was like an ongoing thing. They were like, "Okay, we can't take the chances." I did not get this last night. I did not understand it. I don't. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. I wanted to see more from James Cook. By the way, shout out to my buddy Kurt Vandermoss, who lost by point one five one point five fantasy points because of because James of the James Cook fumble, unfortunately. Last well, he did, and he did acquit himself nicely when he yeah. returned. He you had know over a hundred rushing yards on just twelve carries, as Mike Clay pointed out, only nine point eight yards per carry. Seems like a pretty good player to me. Uh, but for James Cook, the experience in general is just frustrating because the Bills don't utilize him nearly enough. It's clear his leash is very short. Plus, Josh Allen is their clear goal line back. He has a rushing touchdown in seven of his past eight games. Cook has just one rushing touchdown yep. all season. Am I allowed to be frustrated with James Cook's production? Well, yeah, whatever you want. Right, How about one. this? Holy <laughs> crap. Speaking of it, we asked Bills fans at the beginning of the show, what did they want? We just found out what they wanted. Tell me. Adam Schefter reports they have fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. So perhaps Bills fans will be happy right now. Wow. 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 So maybe James Cook will wow. start to cook a little bit more. That was the answer. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested not really in figuring sure this out. Where, yeah. Where that thing? Mid-season coaching Well, there have been changes. a lot of, I mean, there have been a lot of frustration directed specifically to Ken Dorsey oh, for I've the past few the weeks. Oh, I've seen the signs. They yeah, have not yeah. been shy about it. Um, wow. I'll tell you what. Yeah, let's just see. We'll, yeah. we'll see how yeah, that goes. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll see As how that plays knows, out. That'll fix the we'll defense, right? Yeah, yeah. That's going to do some yeah. Anyways, let's talk about Dalton Kincaid really quick. This really one could quick be quick, though, right? Yeah, he looks he's awesome. awesome. He's a rock star. He's become a set it and forget it starting tight end for your fantasy lineup. Top five in fantasy right now between Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews, Laporta, Dalton Kincaid, and I think I'm forgetting somebody else. Probably, uh, let's see. No, that's probably those those five. That's probably it. You know, there's guys like Dalton Schultz that are coming on strong. Darren Waller's on IR. No, Evan Ingram's going to be obviously a lineup lock every single week. Like, that's the crew this year. Yep. Dalton Kincaid, very much a part of the crew, at least two more games with no more. Yeah, the uh, Dawson Knox Dawson absence Knox. really yep. helped. Yeah, so he's uh, now the second highest scoring quarterback over the last, uh, tight end over the last four weeks is Dalton Kincaid. Wow. Boy, shout out to everybody who picked the Broncos last night. Congratulations to you for being confident <laughs> in that decision. Dude, honestly, good for you. Right. Did, did you actually believe it or were you no, just doing it to hedge? of course okay. not. You were just doing it to I totally totally believed it. I absolutely 100% did, believed yes. it, everybody. Yes, definitely. I did take the Broncos. Wow. Well, because Field and Mike both took the Bills. And so it's like, if I take the Bills, the Bills are like, I'm going to jinx us all. So yeah. I'll be the guy that does it. I'll take the Broncos. That's guys. like a responsibility. Right That's right. There. That's right. It's, exactly. it's not just like a like a pick. It's a response. It's part of being the host. It's like we got, well, it's just part of that and covering the butt of us that's on the right. podcast. That's right. Because if, you, if you had gone first and you and Mike and both picked the Bills, I would have still picked the Bills, but in the back of my mind, I would have been like, do I owe it, it to us Exactly. To well, the Broncos, the Broncos just beat the Chiefs, so, but everybody's like, yeah, it's a Dude, flu. the Broncos Patrick are Mons looking frisky. Sick. They are you not know, the same no Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. They win on Sunday night. They're back in the happened. AFC playoff yeah, picture. That's right. Yeah. Yep. All right. Keep. We got a poll up right now right at now. Fantasy Focus. Go let us know if you are frustrated or not frustrated with Josh Allen. We'll dive into that a little bit later on in the show. Let's talk about an injury report here, Stefania. We got Let's a bunch it. of things to be able to get to. I want some updates here. Specifically. I'm right. uh, Sorry, that was sounded a little demanding. but Yo, I would, It's okay. I would like. I'm used to it. I, I am asking for some updates as long as you don't mind. On our friend Justin Jefferson, eligible to potentially return are we going to maybe see him in week 11? What's the latest on Justin Jefferson? I don't think we see him this week. Uh, obviously, the practice window was open last week. We've talked about practice windows 21 days before he needs to be activated. He could still be activated and not play. Justin Jefferson has been very clear about what he expects before he returns. He wants to be at 100% strength. Yep. Now, 100% strength doesn't guarantee that you get back out there and you don't have a setback. But if you know that you're not at 100%, 
you certainly don't want to go out there and be apprehensive. And there are so many ways that they can calculate where they are in terms of return because of all this electronic data that's being captured all the time. So they can look at workload, they can look at acceleration, deceleration. They actually have numerical data that can show them where they are and also show them relative to the type of work they're doing, whether they're running deep routes, short routes, you know, whether angular velocity, all, all kinds of crazy stuff. Workout data yeah, to be compared because to? they're capturing it all. All along, and okay. and so I think that's where it's really helpful for a player like this, who who is it's very important to him that he hits certain metrics before he returns. And I think if you listen to Kevin O'Connell, there they all want to be measured in terms of their expectations. So if you look at the schedule, I really don't think it's this week. I think just you take in how everybody's talking. I don't think it's this week. Now after this week, which is the Sunday night football game we all are looking forward to that we didn't think we were, where the Vikings play the Broncos. Next, it's Monday night football against the Bears. So you go, okay, Ooh. maybe that in a Monday night and you get a little extra because you got another day, Thanksgiving week, that's going to be fun. But then they have a bye. So it's actually really interesting. I think if there's any hesitation on his part, you could play it two ways. One could be if you go out and you, you play on Monday night and you get your feet wet there, you have the bye to come back from. The other is if you're just not feeling it yet, then you go past the bye. And I think the reality is this is going to be a day-to-day evaluation on the part of Justin Jefferson, the rehab staff, and the coaching staff. And it's I don't think that they truly have a target date. I think they know he's close, but it's going to be when everybody feels like it's right. This one is really interesting to me because the Vikings have been playing so well recently. They have won a bunch of games in a row field, being able to stick in that NFC North conversation. How much of that do you think impacts Justin Jefferson's decision? He says 100% doesn't want to come back, but this team is still at a spot where he can... Yeah, he, something for him. And he tweeted, I think it was Sunday night after their huge win. Like, I can't wait to be back on the field with this squad. Yeah. Right. Now, I think that he can wait until his hamstring is ready to go. But yes, of course, the fact that they've won, what, five straight, five straight. games now has yep. changed the way that this season is going to unfold for Minnesota. It's interesting that Stefania mentioned the bye week. You almost wonder if you're the Vikings and Jefferson, if you win Sunday night, you're seven and four you're probably feeling pretty darn good about your chances to win the following Monday against the bears. You're seven and four you without Justin eight Jefferson. And four going into the buy. Do you just say, Hey, Justin, you're so valuable to us. Yes. Let's buy that extra week. Maybe. So we'll see. We'll obviously address this one and uh, going into next week. But uh, as Stefania has said, seems like it's unlikely that he, Oh, not unlikely. It seems more like 55-45 that he will not play not this play week. This week. Yeah. Yep. And I think uh, there are ways of bringing him back, too, that don't have to be 100% utilization. They have the luxury of that. And they could bring him back and, and do something I've seen other teams do where they use them situationally so they know that they can't, you know, you're not setting him up where he has the opportunity, you know, from the opponent's 30-yard line to go all the way down Correct. the field. You use him in short, shorter the yardage right situations, the yep. right packages, so that you're not worried that he's going to take off and, and overdo it on an explosive run. Well, they're probably worried about recidivism, Stefania, which mm. is why they're they probably you know, trying to and do that. Thank so. you for incorporating that into Let's, uh, the vernacular. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Alexander Madison, too. Entered the concussion protocol with the Vikings potentially have him in week 11. Yeah, uh, we, we don't know. You know how this goes with concussion protocol. He left the game early in the third 
quarter. I think it's interesting. Ty Chandler, you know, they that's that's who it is now because the Vikings yep. lost Cam Akers, Cam Akers. Yeah. to an Achilles. Um, so it it might be all systems go for Ty Chandler. No way to know yet on Alexander Madison. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know about Ty Chandler, fifth round pick out of North Carolina by way of Tennessee a year ago. He ran fourth rate at the combine. He's got a lot of speed. He did find the end zone actually twice this past weekend. One was called back because of penalty. Uh, but, you know, the eye test was okay to him in, in week 10 and in pinch hitting duties. Uh, they did add Miles Gaskin back to the practice squad. Yes. So they'll have a committee approach, uh, perhaps if there is no Madison. But I do expect that Chandler leads the way amongst that committee. He will be the highest ranked Vikings running back in my rankings this week, should Madison sit. Stefania Devon Achan had that 21-day mm-hmm. window open up. What can you tell fantasy managers who cannot wait to get this kid back? I think it's going to happen this week. Yeah. Yeah, I sure do. All right. I mean, he was one of these players who was injured on a hip drop tackle that this is one of those uh, defensive moves that is being discussed, uh, looked at very closely this year. They're studying every single one of those to look what the injury output is because uh, the injury occurrence rate is much, much higher on that type of takedown. It's what happened with Devon Achan. And what's really interesting, if you listen to Mike McDaniel talking about him potentially coming back and said, look, he might have been able to come back quicker than this if they put him in a bulkier brace. And I think everything, when you looked at the video, it looked that kind of takedown stresses the MCL. And though the team has never come out and said it, if you look at the mechanism of injury, you look at them talking about a brace for stability that he would have had to wear, it all fits with that. And he he said they they opted for get him 100% strong, get him, he's not the kind of player, they didn't want him restricted in that. They wanted him to be confident and be able to go free of any kind of structural support. And I think that's what they got. So it was a great move on their part to put him on IR and really let him get fully healthy because it's very easy for this kind of thing uh, to get aggravated or re-injured if you're running back. And it sounds like they're going to get him back. He's ready to go. Um, They're not going to come out and say it, but I think that he's going to play. This makes me nervous for Devon's sake. I think he should take one more week. You must be playing against him. You in the war room. That's oh, okay. what it is. Okay. So yeah, I think he needs well, one that's more why I'm giddy <laughs> yeah. about it because I'm yeah. going to get to yeah. add him back yeah. to my roster. That's so why. I do think it would be smart for Devon to really think about the bigger picture as opposed to being focused in on yeah. a game. But they could win without him this weekend against the Raiders. Uh, so, uh, yeah. however, more seriously, with him back in the fold, uh, what this does is it, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr. might be relegated to healthy scratch again on Sunday. Not healthy scratch again, but healthy scratch with those two guys available and Savan Ahmed. But um, we'll be we'll be keeping our eyes on what this means for Raheem Mostert rest of season. This was why if you were rolling and you had the ability to potentially sell high on Raheem Mostert, it may have been the smart move to do so prior to their bye week because peak value was probably there to be trading off. And instead, uh, with Devon Achan back, he figures to have a less significant, still notable, but less significant significant role for Raheem Mostert. But I'll have both of those guys inside my top 20 of running backs, because if you have watched the Dolphins offense this year, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. They love to run the football. All right. I love teams that have two running backs that can be productive. You and me both. You and me both. I love two productive running backs. All right, Stefania, we got a couple of quarterbacks we want to talk about. Derek Carr on a bye this week, so something to keep in mind. But 
has a entered the concussion protocol. We saw Jameis Winston last week. Anything you can tell us about Derek? Well, it was his shoulder and his head initially. That was the concern. He remember he had the AC sprain earlier in the season. He has played through it. Uh, not great, but I don't know if it's all the shoulder that's been the problem. It's just the Saints offense that looks out of sync in general. Uh, but his shoulder did end up checking out fine, according to Dennis Allen. So uh, the shoulder is not going to be the thing that holds him back. If anything, it will be the fact that he's in the concussion protocol and like you mentioned they do have a buy this week comes at a very good time for him. yes they need that they did uh, just quick mention just since we're on a saints player michael thomas suffered a knee injury fairly significant according to dennis allen nothing further being evaluated we shall see and marshall Lattimore, of course a defensive player who is a heart and soul of the saints uh, with a bad high ankle sprain that'll cost him some time yikes okay let's move ahead and talk about kyler murray stefania we got to see him under center you said to us yes. I'm going to be watching a couple of things based on what you were watching. How do you feel about Kyler Murray's return? Well, first of all, I'm glad he made it because there was a point in time where it was debated that he would come back for the Cardinals. And I always believed he would come back and, and that they would need to see him. And it was the right thing for the player. And this is what I mean when you're rehabbing an athlete and they get to that point of being able to return to competition, the worst thing you can do is not allow them to return to competition because there is a mental aspect to returning to play. And if you take that away and you postpone it for a year, it can really make them apprehensive. It can change that player. And so even in the conversations about Kyler Murray potentially being a trade uh, asset, if you will, if, if that was a thought, uh, other teams would have been worried about that thing too. Well, yep. Everyone's gotten a chance now to see him, and I'm here to tell you that he showed us enough in that first week back to make me feel really, really good about him. I think he got, you know, more confident as the game went along, but uh, anybody who is following me on Twitter knows that when he hit that play, that 13-yard run that was really a scramble of more like 60-something yards was everything you needed to see for somebody trusting their knee and somebody who is so mobile and agile. And actually the Arizona Cardinals posted a, a, a view that's like from the top. Almost, the Bijan drone camp. View. Yep. Yeah, that, same, that was the first time I saw it was when the Falcons did it with Bijan and they did it with Kyler Murray. And I must've watched that thing 45 times on loop because if it's his footwork, it, you look at his feet, he just flips his hips changes foot position and then he runs reverse direction backtracks loops around and then delivers the ball it was I was like that's what I wanted to see with somebody without apprehension who could make every bit of the scramble who could accelerate who could decelerate who could rotate those all the things you wanted to see it made me so happy for him when you're waiting that long to come back that that is just such an important thing on the, on the return and he also got hit and bounced back up and all those things. But you want to see those things. Yeah. And, and we talked on fantasy football now about the uh, stat I had from uh, the predictors.com looking at data from 2016 forward on quarterbacks who uh, returned from ACL injury. And we talked about rushing yards being down on average 80% for the first five or six games. Well, guess what? This game he was 6 of 33 rushing. I mean, most of his work came through the air, obviously, but 6 of 33 in a touchdown rushing. Last year, he had 418 rushing yards before he was hurt. He played 11 games. The average is 38 yards if you look across per game. In his return, he had 33. So that was a decline of only 13%. 
nowhere near the 80% that, that you would had. expect. Mm-hmm. So you can sort of throw that out the window for him now. Um, obviously, it's only one game, but in terms of from a confidence perspective about what he can do, we saw it. Not the only guy that returns to Fania. James Curry, James Conner, excuse me, James Curry. James Conner <laughs> also Steph's came cousin. back. Yeah. How'd you feel about James out there? Uh, pretty good. I mean, I didn't think he showed any hesitation either. And he certainly provides this outlet for Kyler Murray. I think it probably helped Kyler Murray's return to have his guy, James Conner, there who could run in the red zone. He did a lot yeah. of that. And I thought, that, uh, you know, I think he'll get better as he goes along, but I thought he looked great. All right, let's talk two more quarterbacks here really quickly. We got Matthew Stafford. I was on a bye last week, been dealing with that thumb injury. Have you heard anything over the bye as to whether or not he's getting better? Um, McVay, you know, transparency index. Is Sean McVay, yep. yeah. He's like 90%. Uh, Sean McVay says, yes, Stafford is expected to play and answered questions freely that he could throw the ball and grip the ball well. So uh, Matthew Stafford will be back for us in week 11. And then we've got Deshaun Watson, who had an ankle injury. We found out he's going to be having an MRI on that ankle. Any updates on Deshaun? Uh, we don't have the results yet. Like here's the, he, he did play through it for a while. He was clearly uncomfortable. It was the mechanism of rotation uh, very similar for a high ankle sprain. So we shall see. Okay. All right, guys, we're going to talk some week 11 waivers in a second. But first, we're going to pay some bills, if you guys don't mind. We're going to start with me. Do you guys smell that? What is it? That's the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which Mm. can mean only one thing. It is college football season. So block off your Saturdays and swipe a sweet Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge because there's a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way to the West Coast games. That's right. The fans are back. And this year, things are heating up. We're talking more hot takes, more heartbreak, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink in all the drama this season with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is, Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. Are you overwhelmed by insurance? Yes. Make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place with Geico. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning Geico mobile app. See how easy insurance can be and go to geico.com. You know what? No matter what team you're rooting for, there's one thing we can all agree on. Football season brings us together. A connection like that deserves to be celebrated with a light beer that's just as great. And at just 96 calories a can, Miller Lite is the only light beer you'll want to celebrate with all season long. Because with a Miller Lite in your hand, football doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. From kickoff till the final whistle, you can't go wrong with a Miller Lite in your hand. It is the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like beer? It's got only 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces, and with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish, you get the taste you crave without all the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard, you can feel it in your heart. Make it a Miller time all season long. Get Miller Lite delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash FFF, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, guys, really quickly. Squirrel Port Hotline. Give it a call this week. We are taking a bunch of your voicemails. We're not going to be doing the normal A block, C block, where we do a whole big deep dive into everything. It's a shortened week because our main producer, David Presley, is out. But we still want to be able to do a show. So call the phone number on the bottom of your screen, 475 475- 295-1648. Get your tw- questions in. We're going to do a very fun score report. We are answering questions the entire time this week. All right, let's dive into some week 11 waivers. As a reminder, guys that are on by at the quarterback position, Field Yates, that's where we're going to start. 
You got Desmond Ritter. Yep. You not, got not a problem. Derek Carr. Not a problem. You got Mac Jones. Not a problem. And Gardner Minshew. Not a problem. So this is not about players that you were replacing this week. this week. This is rather about yes. players that you think are in bad matchups this week. Perhaps uh, you know, you're frustrated by your quarterback. Maybe you just don't think this guy should be in your lineup like a Trevor Lawrence. Maybe you have some concerns there, et cetera, et cetera. Joe Burrow facing off against the Ravens. Tough Another example defense. where yep. people are a bit concerned. Number one option this week amongst quarterbacks that are available in 50% or more of leagues, though, is Josh Dobbs, who is second in the NFL in quarterback rushing yards this season. He has been a top eight quarterback four times already. He's got 25. He's got 20 points in five games already this season. That's crazy. He has been incredible. He's a dual threat. Only Lamar Jackson has more rushing yards per game than him. I'm not going to lie to you. This Denver defense has me a touch concerned because they have just been so good over the past two weeks, but not concerned enough that I will not have Josh Dobbs inside my top 10 for quarterbacks this week. Yeah, just not really a week that you're grabbing a quarterback off the waiver wire, given who's on by, like you had said. I do want to mention this. Our great Kevin Pulsifer, the researcher that we have, Notable fantasy points per game via the rush. Josh Dobbs averaging 6.7 fantasy points per game with his legs. That's more than Ramondre Stevenson averages yeah. per game. That's wow. more than Aaron Jones averages per game. That's more than Damian <laughs> Pierce, Javante Williams, Alexander Madison. There are a couple of starting run, running backs in there that he is averaging more points per game with more his than a legs. Yeah, wow. Uh, He's been awesome. He's season. been incredible. Let's talk about some wide receivers. By the way, I think the Aaron Jones one's about to go up. He's yeah, now, that one's going to change. Now, that one's going to change. He's now not got a bad wheel, but I like it in yes. there, Kevin. Yes, I like Yeah, it. but even this past week, Jones was disappointing, right? Yes. Well, that whole yeah, Packers well, team, it's know. just been yeah, tough yeah. right now. All right, let's talk about some wide receivers. On by this week, you got Drake London, which you weren't really starting if you could help it. Chris Olave, who has been a top 15 guy for us. Pop Douglas, who has come on recently. And then Michael yeah. Pittman, who has been in a lineup lock. If there was one wide receiver I was going to look at this week, Field, I don't know how you look anywhere other than Noah Brown if you have to replace someone. He has just gotten so much volume and so much production over the last two weeks with C.J. Stroud. He played 76% of the snaps on Sunday. He has four straight games with a 30-plus yard catch, and he has 23 targets over those last four games. Games. The biggest argument against this pickup would be if Nico Collins Collins plays this weekend, then all of a sudden you've got four wide receivers probably competing for three spots. Tank Dell, who's not going anywhere. Robert Woods, Nico Collins, and also Noah Brown. The big question would be whether Robert Woods or Noah Brown is the odd man out. I think Nico and Tank are safe if both are fully 100% healthy. Agreed there. But still a worthwhile add. I'm following this sort of calculus. If you play with CJ Stroud, I want you on my team. Mm-hmm. But the Cardinals on Sunday, a very, very good matchup for this entire offense. So I would certainly be adding Noah Brown this week. Absolutely. I am with you. And at a minimum, he is an end of bench stash in case something happens a little later on in the season. Yep. He's been too good, at least the last couple of weeks to let him go. I know I talked about Pop Douglas being on a bye week, but even though he's on a bye, do you think that he's done enough and that there is enough juice in this Patriots passing game that he's still worth an add off of waivers? Yes, and then no to answer those two questions. So he has done enough in a deeper league. He's got 20 catches over the past four games on 29 targets. He's playing a ton of snaps now. He's the Patriots. Actually, he played fewer snaps than Juju Smith-Schuster this past Sunday, but Juju had zero catches. He's a non-factor in fantasy right now. The biggest detriment going against Mario Douglas is that he has not scored a touchdown this season, and the Patriots just don't score a whole lot of touchdowns in general right now. So he is a low floor, decent, excuse me, a low ceiling, decent floor player who's going to see a lot of volume in a passing game. They can use his playmaking skills because other than him, they virtually lack it. They put the Giants coming out of their bye 
one of those two teams will get his third win of the season. But <laughs> that we also have Jaden Reed that is available here. I would rather not play. I, I don't want to add a Green Bay Packers wide nah. receiver unless I'm in a 16 team league and I'm just desperate at wide receiver. If we can't make Christian Watson happen and we're skeptical on Romeo Dobbs being a thing every week, we can't get Jaden Reed into our lineups yet. He's talented. It's and not he about has his been talent. Better, yeah, yeah, but he has over three catches in just three of nine games played this season. You're probably banking on either a big play or a touchdown from Jaden Reed. All right, so I'm going to say this really quickly on the Chargers wide receivers field. I still want to have a little bit of excitement around Quinton Johnston. I don't, but I want to have that excitement. We saw Keenan Allen go down, and we're in a spot where this Chargers wide receiving court needs somebody outside of Keenan Allen to be able to step up and take a spot here. You would think (laughs) that would be the first-round rookie that they went out and drafted because Josh Palmer and Mike Williams are both gone. Understand on IR because of that. I still think he is worth a deep end of bench stash in case anything changes, but I'm not dropping anyone on my roster if they have any value from me. He's he's like a dart throw at this point. It's hard. So the argument for Quinton Johnson is, yeah, he was the first round pick this year, right? He must be super talented. He still got plenty of time to show that he is very talented. He was an awesome player at TCU, but he has not flashed this season like the other three receivers that were taking between picks 20 and 23 in the first round. Moreover, if you look at how he was utilized last week, him and Jalen Guyton basically, basically were the same, same. play. Yeah. 85% of the snaps for Johnston, 79% for Guyton. So a virtual draw there. Four targets for Johnston, six for Guyton. Both scored a touchdown. It's clearly the Keenan Allen show. I actually don't think both of them are reasonable ads in deeper leagues, in part because while it doesn't sound like it's a big deal, Keenan Allen currently day-to-day with a shoulder injury. Yeah, tough one. I really want to see this kid. Everything seems to have lined up where it's like you got that first round pedigree. You got, unfortunately, guys that got hurt in front of you, Stefania, which gives you the opportunity to get out there on the field. You got Justin Herbert as your quarterback. Listen, a lot of things should be going right for Quinton Johnson. I right drafted now. him in Dynasty. That's what it was. Okay. Well, <laughs> why didn't you just tell us that? Well, if, well yeah. if anybody has looked at my awful, awful, awful Dynasty, right? Every single guy I've drafted every year has been a massive failure or a massive injury. All so right. We're staying pretty much I'm taking Johnson. responsibility for that. And also, by the way, Keenan Allen, like who is tougher than him? Oh my gosh, he's incredible. I mean, he came, he still has the most volume on the team, even after getting hurt. So, All right, this is finally moving on from wide receivers. Honestly, quarterback and wide receiver is so thin because the guys that we're replacing this week aren't all that deep. Like we don't need to worry about it. This is where it finally hits us. Running backs on by this week. You got Bajon Robinson. You got Alvin Kamara. You got Ramondre (laughs) Stevenson. And you got Jonathan Taylor. I was Probably say four something of our... smart about like is Bijan Robinson being gone really hurt us? Does he? <laughs> because you know. But I, we're probably talking about four <laughs> of the twenty, and top that's 20. a conservative at worst. Four of the top twenty at worst options in most weeks, with Kamara certainly being one of the top five or so right now, and Taylor not that far behind. Let me ask you this question, Field. You mentioned Ty Chandler. If there's yeah. no Alexander Madison, you said that you would like him. There's also yep. a guy out there named Keaton Mitchell that has been looking very good. If you had to order the running backs. This year, Ty Chandler. This week, excuse me. Ty Chandler is easily number one. Clearly, yeah. I mean, I mentioned earlier that he'd be my highest ranked Minnesota running back if Madison is unavailable on Sunday night. When I say committee for Minnesota, I mean, I don't think that Keaton, I'm sorry, that uh, that Ty Chandler is going to play 85% of the snaps. We're going to see some other complimentary backs in the mix as well. A bunch of Josh Dobbs probably using his legs too. We'll see Chandler, though, running the football the most, I would expect. And he is a factor in the passing game as well. Keaton Mitchell is the, you mentioned end of bench stash for somebody earlier on in waivers. That's what Keaton Mitchell really is. Because the Ravens said yesterday, did John Harbaugh, like, 
I think they're looking at the possibility of getting Mitchell more involved in the game plan. The problem is you've got Gus Edwards and Justice Hill who are playing more snaps than Keaton Mitchell. Yep. Keaton Mitchell is feast or famine. He has rushes that, you know, he's one of the fastest players in the NFL already. He is like a, you know, dollar store version of Devon Achan in terms of his speed, but he's played, he's played 11 plays. 11. 22% of the snaps this past week, 11 plays. Well, I think uh, I think part of that was due to this hamstring thing. So he's had a hamstring issue that's been up and down, and he actually was added back onto the injury report late in the week. So in week nine, he was nine for 138 with a touchdown, and I think that's when all the hype was up around him. And then late in the week, the hamstring was bothering him. He wasn't running as much in practice, and all of a sudden – he has three touches or three three carries yeah. for 34 yards. I need to get in the end zone. But uh, I know Baltimore is hard to decipher, too, because they've been a running back by committee team forever and ever and ever. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily believe them when they say somebody's going to get more work. But I do think that that might have been part of the reason for the sharper drop for well, if it's injury related, they play on week. Thursday night, so it's right. not like he's a lot of time to get right. better. So that's why he remains uh, an end of bench stash, in my opinion. Maybe not even the end of the bench, middle of the bench middle stash the right bench now. Stash. But yeah. like uh, the to way, see it to believe it kind yeah, of I mean, thing. Gus Edwards has to get hurt for him to have a real role, right? I mean, Gus Edwards is in the top 15, 16 in the NFL in running back rushing and total rushing attempts this season. That's like a real, real role that is currently impeding the progress for Keaton Mitchell to be a fantasy starter. If you knew for a fact that Alexander Madison was going to play in this game, was not going to be out with a concussion, would you still have Ty Chandler number one, or would you move Keaton Mitchell? No, up I'd have Keaton Mitchell ahead of of Chandler if we knew that Madison was going to play. I just I don't think there's any way we'd know that Madison would is going to play not unless yeah. by the time waivers are due in about twelve hours. So I'd be very surprised if uh, we have that kind of clarity on Alexander Madison this early in the week. Are there any other running backs right now on waivers that really interest you? It feels pretty thin to me. Not really anyone that's deep enough. Nope. No. Not one. Stefania, anyone for you? Well, I'm just thinking about what is Khalil Herbert's ownership? Uh, Because he was was practicing in full all of last week. Could have potentially come back on Thursday. I was kind of surprised they didn't activate him. Not totally. Um, There was some roster management stuff going on for the Bears, but... Uh, the the message from Iberflus was that he, they didn't feel like he was quite ready. Sure. Now, obviously, Deontay Foreman has been, been pretty lights good. out, yeah. and that's gonna you know the, is there room for Khalil Herbert yeah. to come back into what he was doing at the start of the season? He's at Who 67.4%, is to say? But it's so. like if I was looking for somebody to grab, well, nobody's paying attention just in case he becomes uh, more heavily utilized. Available. I think he could be back this week. About about 35% of leagues. Field, you said he's rostered in 67.7% of leagues. So yep. he's uh, technically out there. You should at least look and see, Stefania, to your point, 35%. You never know. Those running backs. Uh, Doesn't, don't feel good <laughs> about it. I don't feel good about it. All right, tight ends on a bye this week. You got Kyle Pitts. You got Johnny Smith. You got Taysom Hill. Not a whole lot of guys that we were trying to feel confident in starting, but there is one guy that I feel confident needs to be added off of waivers, and that is Trey McBride. Feel I don't know how Trey McBride is not on more rosters already. It's crazy we're talking about it's him. It's crazy. I should have mentioned him earlier when we were talking about the tight ends that are locked in. You must start them. But uh, in two of the past three games, he has absolutely mashed. He yep. had 14 targets a couple of weeks ago, 10 catches, found the end zone. This past week, as we told you yesterday, he became the first Arizona Cardinals tight end 
with 100 or more receiving yards in a game since 1989. A mind-blowing stat for Trey McBride, but this kid passes the eye test in a major way. With Kyler Murray back, the offense should be more explosive and efficient. It's really, really hard to find tight ends that matter in fantasy. The Cardinals play host to the Texans on Sunday. Can't wait to see Trey McBride back in your lineups. I also thought the way Kyler went to him, like that was their first game together. They've been throwing I mean, the tight end this year. a ton yeah. this yes. year. The mm-hmm. offense has been very tight end and friendly. And yep. there was no there was no gap in that with the return no. of Kyler Murray. Yeah, and we'll see whether this is impacted at all when Zach Ertz returns from IR. If he does return from IR, he's got at least one more game on IR. So we'll see whether or not he plays a prominent role and that eats away at Trey McBride's production. I would think a team that's got two wins that is yeah. looking towards the future might be motivated to keep their second round pick in his second year on the field. Yeah, I want to see more from Trey McBride. No offense to Zach Ertz, wishing him all the best and everything like that, but we've seen Zach for a long time. I want this Cardinals team to focus on Trey McBride. <laughs> Hopefully they do exactly what I want. I know a lot of, of NFL teams have been doing that this year. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. All right, let's. right, we're going to move on to embracing some debate. I all brought right. this up a little bit earlier. Uh, technically, I was talking with our researcher, Kevin Paulser, yeah, hold on. about Let this. me take this one for a second. You and Kevin Paulser, I was filling in on this after the fact. Yeah. Apparently, you and Pulse had a healthy debate yesterday yeah. about whether you would prefer Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. Or CJ Stroud yep. for the rest of the season. Correct. I don't know who was on which side yeah. of the I'll argument here, but Paul, you want to come over here and make your case? Which way? Are the, you have a, oh. you have a microphone? Oh, he's got no. a microphone. Got a microphone. Right. 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 I'm just going to stand Pulse off to the side here, ready. let you guys uh, hash it out. Uh-oh. Sorry, the season of warm Pulse have been sitting there right. for 40 minutes straight. I get Pulse getting on the camera time. I'm I feel like on I'm this. on score report right yeah, that's now. All right. <laughs> so who wants to uh, start? Who has? Who has? You know, who has Patrick Mahomes? Because that to me seems like the obvious, like fairly reasonable take. Pulse, you get going here. Patrick Mahomes over CJ Stroud. Tell me. Why? I was going to actually defer to Daniel if he wants to start no, throwing out no, some. I feel like the spicy take is Stroud. So give yeah. us the other, uh, the 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 less the vanilla the take vanilla right take. now. Okay. Well, uh, Mahomes uh, only a twelve percent off target rate. I'd okay. rather have a quarterback who can complete his passes and throws them on target. That's Stroud okay. has twenty percent. That's true. He's twenty eighth in completion percentage. Yes, he is. Um, I also want a quarterback who can run the ball. Yes, you do. Mahomes has the fourth most rushing yards. It's two hundred and fifty eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stroud only has eighty six. It's twenty fifth among quarterbacks, fewer than Mac Jones. Wow. Um, what? Mahomes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a, just a, a, a wow stat right there. Yeah. Weird stat. Um, I know. But who, a shot who, who better in the to come up with yeah. a random weird stat <laughs> than the researcher? Uh, Mahomes has four rushes inside the five yard line. Yep. Stroud only has two. Yep. And uh, one of those, remember that game against the Jets? He had a full shot at the end zone and kneeled down at the two yard line. Mm. If he scores, he's got more points than Stroud this year. Interesting. We were talking yesterday. You said Stroud's got more fantasy points this season. We're talking one deal oh, down. Don't take my stats. Don't take my stats. Stephanie and I are going to break this tie. I don't know. They break the tie after you guys are done. All but right. uh, Daniel, you go. For, so you actually think you would prefer CJ Stroud to Patrick Mahomes the rest of the season? I was. I'm at least. It's at least a conversation to me. Okay. Yes. Tell me more. And why? Part of the reason why because all the stuff that Kevin said, he didn't talk about the fact that Patrick Mahomes has scored less fantasy points than CJ Stroud so far this year. I said that. The and guy that, said if he didn't take the kneel the down, guy the two, who's, he had, <laughs> Mahomes would have more. The guy who's a rookie on the Houston Texans has outscored. Future, probably, and former MVP, Patrick Mahomes, 19.6 fantasy points per game to 19.1 fantasy points per game. Really quickly, when I look at these two teams, you mentioned it. How many, the rushing, right? One guy has more rushes inside the five-yard line. One guy also has two rushing touchdowns. Guess what? It's not Patrick Mahomes. He's got zero so far this year. Hold because on. You already, I gave you your time, Kevin. All right. I'm going to need you to relinquish it to me. I, here's what I got. More fantasy before. points per game. C.J. Stroud. More passing yards per game. C.J. Stroud. More passing and rushing touchdowns. 
CJ Stroud. You t- combining them? Yes. There's total touchdowns. CJ Stroud has total more touchdown. total touchdowns so than Patrick Mahomes. 17. Stroud's at what? 17. Seven, yeah. So they're tied. Yeah. Because he has two rushing touchdowns. So I gave it two because six points per rushing more, touchdown. More, okay, so touchdowns. So I, I gave him just a Got little it. bit okay. more to CJ yep. Stroud yep. because Got of it. that. Yep. that is Mahomes legit. also has more interceptions than CJ Stroud. Eight yeah. to two. Yeah. So when I'm looking at this, which one Ooh. of these offenses has one guy to throw the football to, which is, you know, Kelsey, or which one has like four guys that they're rotating through every given week. I'm not saying that CJ Stroud is going to be better than Patrick Mahomes, but it's absolutely a conversation here in week 11. And I cannot believe that we're having it. That, I'll, I'll give you that. The fact that we're even having the conversation is a point in itself. And, All right. And I'm willing to have the conversation. So based on what Kevin and I but laid like, out, would you board bet this? I would. I would board bet it, but I want to know what field and Stefan is. I've got one what's more thing. Who's the who? Who are the? What's the schedule for these guys I, coming? That was part of what I, I've got I, coming I, up. I, yes, Mahomes. Um, okay, well, uh, CJ Stroud is Blake Bortles in his way to points. Yes, six. He's got six point nine fantasy points per game in the fourth quarter. That's Sounds the second great. most in the league. Are Mahomes com- only has two fantasy points per game in the fourth quarter because the defense has been good enough that they've been had, had a lead. That's a great stat for me. Thank you for giving and, that. And, but guess what? <laughs> they've got games coming up. Philly, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and the Chargers. Yeah. When they need to actually play games, he's going to keep chucking the ball. Yeah. That's, uh, that's Mahomes' schedule. And Stroud has the Jets, the Broncos, and the Browns in the semifinals of yeah. the playoffs. That's a little yeah. bit later on in the season. Yeah, it's tough. Mm. All right. Which one do you want? Fields Fine, who are you I'm Probably still rolling with Mahomes. Right. I love myself some Sorry. CJ Stroud. Um, I've, I've been advocating for him for potentially MVP if he keeps up this level of play because I believe MVPs elevate the rest of their roster, they and certainly he's certainly do. done that. Um, maybe more so than Mahomes this year, where the roster has actually carried him a couple of times. Yeah. But if I'm picking who I want to roll with over the rest of the season based on history, I'm going with Mahomes. Yeah, the fact that we're even discussing CJ Stroud in the same vein That's as Patrick Mahomes yeah, is right. awesome. Right. Yes. Yeah. But it's still Mahomes. I mean, he's got twice yeah. as many top 10 finishes this year, and he's got half as many finishes outside the top 20 as Stroud. Stroud's one boom game definitely counts. But you take away that boom game and all those metrics that you laid out look a little less rosy. And I understand that CJ Stroud is absolutely crushing it. Think about how great he was this past week. Yeah. He was awesome. Under 20 fantasy points, mm. right? He just doesn't run. I know he has those two rushing touchdowns, but those are a whole lot less predictable than Mahomes averaging nearly 30 rushing yards per game, over 30 yards rushing per game versus yeah. CJ Stroud averaging less than 10 per game. Okay. You we were talking this? preseason. Remember, like there was like that group of like eight or nine quarterbacks. And then after that, it was a drop off of like, you could play anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Stroud has one top eight finish this season. And it was that blow up game. Mahomes has four. Interesting. So I'm, you're, yeah, maybe you're getting a few more duds in there because they're playing the Broncos or they've got the huge lead and they're milking the clock. But the rest of the season, I'm going to just bank on the fact that he's better. He's the MVP. We know he's a better, more talented quarterback overall. And the schedule's there. More top eight performances. I'm, I, the, again, you know the fact I that we're really having a conversation is huge. I can't it's, wait. I would not have predicted that at all. This I want to look at the results at the end of the year. Yeah. I want to go yeah. back and look at like just the data from this yeah. point forward. Compare them. We, well, for for the rest it? of the season, you look at you want to board bet something, Daniel. We the question Lebanon. is, is it total fantasy points? Is it top 10 finishes? Because to me, yeah. this actually might be a case where Mahomes' consistency clearly outweighs CJ Stroud's consistency so far this season. Will that hold up for the rest of the year? Mm. So what do you want to do? If I you're want to bet him or us or I, whoever. I would like to do CJ Stroud rest of season just for fun. I'm not. Just, okay. okay. Just, just for fun. Just, yeah. I say rest it of season starting in week 11. Okay. Right. They both had their bye. So you've got a number say, of games left. Eight. I say CJ Stroud scores more fantasy points per game. Okay. The rest of the season 
than Patrick Mahomes. I say Patrick Mahomes scores more fantasy points per game than C.J. Stroud for the rest of the season. Put, Put it on, on the board. board. All right. Thank you for that. Kevin, I'm going to ask you to sit back on your researcher seat field. I'm going to ask you to come back up in I'm here. Back. Yes. That was fantastic. That was. I, the idea that it's even a conversation. I absolutely. Absolutely. Also, I have your phone here. Oh. I and on my phone right now. You're brave to take on uh, the guy who can produce all the numbers. Yeah, former and, like, MVP, future MVP, all those things too. Like I, this, I might yeah. be setting myself up for failure uh, here, but why not have a little bit of fun with the conversation? Okay, interesting. Uh, the producer Tyler of the show just direct uh, just texted me Wally Pip. That's interesting. Oh, that's weird. I wonder uh, what congrats that means. To Pulse. Uh, but yeah, that seems like actually a reasonable way to end the show because we're pressed up against time here. That's a fascinating board bet. My big takeaway. I, I would bet Patrick Mahomes, and I think there is an important distinction between just total fantasy points and top 10 fantasy finishes. I think Mahomes might have the edge in both of those by the end of the season, but Houston Texans fans, for the past few years, you have wallowed in obscurity. Yep. You've been one of the worst teams in the NFL. One year later, we are talking about whether your quarterback who is 22 years old, yeah. is more valuable for the second half of the season than Patrick Mahomes. Congratulations. No one would have thought that we would be having this conversation in week 11. That is the more important takeaway than who we pick in this board bet. And coach of the year nominee for me just might be Tamiko Ryan. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Totally. Yeah. And our 49ers loss, but congratulations to you on a great fit at Houston, yeah. what he's done there. Oh, my goodness. Closing out the show really quickly, we did a we threw just through this poll up as we were having this debate. Right now, 51% of the audience would rather have C.J. Stroud rest of the season. 49% would rather have Patrick Mahomes. That is crazy. On top of wow. that, are you frustrated with Josh Allen? 52% say yes. 48% no. I am a <laughs> man a win. of the people. Just a, just a That's really, all just, I can say. Just, I want to throw one last stat out there, and I'd be curious your guys' response to this. How many games has Christian McCaffrey finished as a top four running back this season? Ooh, top four. Top, top four. Four? Yep. I have no idea. I'm going to say three. Four times. Same number as Josh Allen. Wow. How many times has Christian McCaffrey finished as a top eight running back this season? Top eight. Probably six times. Seven times. Same Seven number times. as Josh Allen. Just okay. some perspective on how Christian McCaffrey and Josh Allen totally. have fared so far this season and how I don't think anybody is saying a darn thing about <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Right While now. you were doing that, it actually went up to 53%. We're more frustrated with Josh Allen. The more you talk about it, the more people are digging Apparently. out on my side. Again, I don't know I think what to the say. Problem, yeah, I, 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 just, I find it fascinating that fantasy managers are frustrated by a guy who has 20 more points than anybody else at his position this season. Imagine if he did not lead the league in turnovers, how many imagine. more points he would be scoring. That's all we're saying. I just, I, there's so, but don't you think we could do the imagine? Like, imagine if Patrick Mahomes actually scru- like his, the receivers actually caught passes, right? Imagine yeah. if Mike Clay did Yes. I love it. All right. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Stefania, thank you for always being here on Tuesdays. A fantastic show. Feel healthy embracing of debate. debate. I know. Stephen A. just it. texted me and he was like, good job, my man. You guys are good job. It. He's like, you know, Shannon and I are very proud of you. So I, oh, um, I want to be Shannon in this An one. auto video just played on my phone. Sorry about that. That's so good. All right. We love you guys. Thank you for hanging out with us. Get your waiver claims in Close today. Close all my apps as a result. Get everything and we love you. I can't so, so wait apps to open. see you guys a little bit later. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go Josh Allen. Peace. Oh, and go check out the PLL. We got some updates today. Yeah, yeah we do. Watch. I promise you it'd be worth your time. See you guys. Go Niners. And Josh Allen. She's got a smile that'll melt your heart. 
She's always there to lend a helping hand Her fantasy knowledge is just the start Her skills are highly in demand She's our Bay Area lady Out there hustling for us With advice that we really trust Always there to help She's not a cone She's your favorite gal She's the fine you bear 